Hello and welcome back to Turf Talk. It is Air Gold Cup weekend. What an easy race to pick the winner of. Before we get stuck into that though, uh, we're going to have a look back at Irish Champions weekend and the St. Legend meeting as per usual. I'm Lewis Tomlinson. On the other end of the line is James Watson, who was let down for yet another treble. <laughs> it's the story of my weekend, to be honest. Uh, I had a fair few amount of winners, and we didn't do too bad between us uh, on the podcast last week. We had Chindy, uh, I tipped Wichita, Galileo Chrome. Um, overall, I didn't do too bad. Uh, we, I was keen on Shale as well on, on the Sunday, and Safe Voyage, so not too bad tipping-wise, uh, but just, just the one horse kept letting, us, letting me down, but... Hey ho, we go again to arguably one of the difficult races of the season and there's a, a meeting that I always love to enjoy to watch and hopefully I can try and find you a few winners. Yeah, uh, I guess the place to start is with the ledger, pal. Really, really good race to watch. You, you know, there was... there was, I guess if, if you were on any of the big guns two furlongs out, you'd have thought you were in with a chance. As as the race developed, Galileo Chrome proved the strongest stay of getting ahead of the dogged Berkshire Rocco horse I'm, I just really, really like. Pile driver. Was this ever really going to be his race? Home in third and decent run nonetheless in Santiago. Ended up going off clear fav actually in fourth. Uh, Jim... We've, every time we mention Galileo Club, we mention that we hate his name. But he's a really hard horse to hate himself. He's very likeable, very progressive, great attitude, and bloody talent as well. That's a perfect way to put him. He, he was very game. Uh, you've got to feel the main story after this race was Shane Cross uh, having to isolate and not getting the ride on Galileo Chrome after testing positive, even though he hadn't had any symptoms. Um, Tom Marquand got the leg opened. Rode the horse as if he'd been riding him all his career. He seemed to know him inside out, and there was a stage towards the three furlong pole where there was the idea that maybe he could get stuck in a little pocket behind him. Frankie wasn't looking like he was going to let anyone out on Santiago, and he was just stuck behind the main leaders. But Marquand wriggles, wriggled the gap through, and uh, as soon as he sort of hit the front, he knew he would always try and find that slight bit more, and that's certainly what he did. Um, Barcher Rocco, as you mentioned, dogged as anything, carried on galloping. It's just every time he got to Galileo Chrome's neck, he found a bit more. Uh, unlike Barcher Rocco, he just kept going. He's ultra consistent. You've got to feel a bit for Andrew Bold in this, this season, um, even though he did win the uh, <laughs> the 2,000 guineas. But he, if you think he's had a winner of the 2,000 guineas, second in the Derby and second in the St. Ledger, that's some season for Andrew Bold in this year. Um and pile driver, as we all expect, well, as majority of people expected, uh, just didn't stay. Just looked knackered in the final furlong. Um, and I mean, pile driver. The idea for me was probably the idea was to go to the arc, probably jump in the champions uh, champions day midway in between. Uh, it doesn't seem to look like they're going to go to the arc, but. Champions Day certainly on the horizon and I certainly won't rule him out after that he, he was a tad keen as he normally is in his races um, but hey ho hey ho that's, they, they, 
taken the chance in the last classic of the season and, and done all right. Santiago, uh, I, I think he, he come there with every chance. I do think the ground just slightly beaten. Probably it was slightly fast for him on the day. Um, a bit of cut underfoot would have helped, as you've seen in his previous performances. That's what he's needed. Um, Hookum. He travelled into the race. I just don't think he had the class, and I don't think that's an insult to him because I do think he's a he's a group performer. Well, he won the Jeffrey Freire as if he was a solid group uh, horse. Uh, however, I just don't think he had the class just to kick on. I thought he had every chance to try and win the race. He just never really sold me throughout, um, and not a lot in behind really that I thought I had a chance did run a race. Subjectivist was arguably probably disappointing. Um, and Tyson Fury probably ran better than I was expecting. But other than that, a solid performance from Galileo Chrome. Um, and I, from what I've heard, they're going to put him away for this season and then bring him back for another campaign as a four-year-old, which is mightily exciting. What would you be looking to do with him next season, Jim, then? Would you be looking as a, for a cup campaign or would you be taking a sort of I know we've not got a full logician route, but, you know, this sort of idea of him being a logician type that might be able to compete over middle distances at the top level. Uh, I think I'll be going to Cups. Looking like Stradivarius isn't going to be in training next season, that leaves the door wide open. He might be. And and, and that leaves Nayef Road, who you'd expect him to progress past it eventually, wouldn't you? Um, That leaves the Cup route wide open for, for a standout horse and Galileo Chrome could be that. Yeah, I can I can see why it's I don't I don't think he'd be fully out of his depth over middle distances though. You know, I, I don't I, I think he's a he's not a boat and I'd I'd like to see him in a in a middle distance group one. It'd be interesting. I'm I am gonna tweet this after the pod goes out, but I'd I'd love to see if we got all the three-year-olds, almost ran a derby now, how people would price it up, whether people would want Galileo Chrome to run in it, and the likes, because I guess it interlinks more with uh, Big Fat Mogul winning the Grand Prix de Paris at the weekend, which we'll talk about later. Uh, But it's, it's a very muddling muddling a group of three-year-old colts at the minute. But I, I, I think Galileo Chrome is one of the easier ones to get your head around in the fact that I think he's a very effective performer. It's hard. It's hard to... I know it's a classic, but it's a race that I... The ledger in general is a race that is hard to fully establish yourself as a group on performer in because you're taking on your own generation. For the... You know, 90% of the runners are having the first crack at the trip or there or thereabouts. You know, and in, you know, you do tend to get a fair bit of dross in behind. But I think what he's done is he's completely bang up there with a group two open company win. You know, Mm. I I, I rate that form. Uh, We know I like Barksha in general, I have done all season. I, you know, I put him up at 40s in, in my column for what are the odds as the best each way bet. Uh, so I hope a couple took that. He's a decent... He reminds me of Dashing Willoughby for the same yard. Yeah. I can see him winning listed 
Group 3 races over even further again next season. Look, he's, he's, he's been running to about 107 all three runs before the ledge of this season. I had him down as running to there to thereabouts that level. And with this, he's taken the extra trip. He's taken a step forward worth, I'd say, maybe six or seven pounds. And he looks like a stout, stout, stout stayer. Pile driver. Look, I completely see why you go for Ledger. I'd have gone for the Ledger. It's a classic with a homebred course score. These aren't these aren't big owners, you know, like 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 the Bally Doyle boys, you know, Team Coolmore, anything of Judmont or Godolphin Mail go, oh, we'll have a runner next year. You know, this is a once in a lifetime chance to win a classic. I don't blame them for taking it when they had a horse who going into it, held the strongest piece of form in the race. But You'd have you'd have got you'd have always been getting the impression that if Pile Driver would have won the ledger, it would have been in spite of it being the ledger, because of it. He'd have got home on class, and it wasn't enough here. Drifted left late under pressure. Whether that was a symptom of him non-staying, I think you can put that down to. He's such a keen horse as well. Not that he over races, but. He he doesn't particularly switch off, uh, and I I I just think there were there were, there were too too many minor factors in pile driver were just always little little five percents here and there, just weren't gonna make it uh, his his race, and I think he's on a fine a fine one in defeat given the circumstances. Back over a mile and a half, it'd be really really interesting to see him have a rematch with Mogul. Again, just won the derby again. Now we know who's good and who isn't. Uh, <laughs> we'll get a better one than we did last time. Uh, and Santiago, not a regression, really, is it? No, I mean, it's, it, it's it's just as good as he is. It would probably a decent one three one one three one one four horse. This is a mile six. His trip is effective over a. Over shorter when that plays to his strengths, he's probably as effective over what twelve furlongs as he is over a mile. Sorry, as he is over two miles. To be fair, it'd be a it'd be a, some campaign if you're running in a Goodwood Cup and then over a mile. <laughs> uh, but look, as much as we like Baxter Rocco, the Queen's Vaz wasn't a great race. The Irish Derby we called at the time a glorified listed race, and he's he's he's, he's ran to a very similar enough level. They're going uh, to Australia with him now, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I'm surprised you f- you thought it was class that found Hookham out. I just think he looked like a non-stayer. Do you think? Yeah. Thought the way he travelled into the race was fine. But I think I think that was where his energy was expended. Uh, back over a mile and a half. Look, he's clicked. Well, we know he's already established himself as a group, you know, a group three winner this season. Uh I wouldn't be surprised if his seal improved to be higher than that, but back over that trip. And like you've said, in behind a little bit much of a muchness. Subjectively, it's been likeable and consistent, but really, the ones who finished ahead of him all should have been beating him. Uh, there's not much else to uh, to mention, really. I am surprised that Mythical still wears Coolmore silks and they've not got rid of him yet. Uh 
Anything else from the ledger, mate? Uh, not from that race individually, no. Well, earlier on the card, Jim, uh, the park stakes, I did. I was a bit iffy on Wichita. You called it, though, mate. 11 to 4, Fav. Good win in the park stakes, beating the super likeable one master. And I guess, pal, the form stacks up quite well for this race. Yeah, I thought, thought it was a pretty rock-solid race. I thought it was nice to see Wichita finally get his head in front. Uh, having run such a cracker in the Guineas, and then you got to say he ran a cracker in, in the St James's Palace after that. Um, maybe he was slightly disappointed in the Sussex States, but maybe the race didn't uh, go the way he would have liked. And then step down to six previous quite clearly was was an issue, but up to seven, which I think is just his perfect trip. Um, won a shade causally in the end. I think I think he tore it. I know, I put this question on Twitter. I, th- I thought that Frankie was easy on him and didn't know one master was coming on the outside and then just saw one master's head and just got up a, a, in the nick of time nearly had a black caviar moment. Um, but I think he won that a shade comfortably. I think seven furlongs would be his bag, in my opinion, rather than a mile. It's not that he doesn't stay a mile. I think he will. Well, I think he does. Um but I'd be aiming him at a seven furlong campaign. He's a horse that you'd be expecting to see it, uh, at the Breeders' Cup uh, in the Breeders' Cup mile, as it's an easy seven furlong, well, an easy mile, which is basically seven furlongs. One master has been rock solid all season, bumping into Safeways last time, winning that uh, Group 3 at Goodwood prior to that. And uh, Malatham travelled into the race probably arguably the best of, of this lot and probably just got beat by stronger stayers. I think I think Malatham there'll be races to be won with Malatham before the season's out and I wouldn't even roll out a step down to six. I, I've never really been of the opinion that uh, he's wanted six but I think he's got plenty of speed and the way he travelled into the race made me think that maybe a step down might suit him a slight bit more. It could be a bit more of a bridle horse Um and I think them front, them front three, they'll be certainly winning races sooner rather than later. And the champagne stakes you already mentioned, Jim. I love Chindit. He's a right likeable horse, isn't he? Um, and he had to do a fair bit because he was... Where the, where the race was developing, it was on the other side to the track of him. So he had to do a lot of it all on his own. And he quickened on really, really well in the end uh, to, to get the better of Al-Bashir. Um, I, I think the Dewhurst is next for him, which is logical. Uh, and then obviously they're going to be looking at the Guineas for next season. And I won't put you off betting, backing him at the moment. I think he's fairly rock solid. Yeah, look, the literal meaning of the word flawless would be what I'd use to describe him so far because I, I just don't. I don't see a single thing he's done wrong in any of his races yet. No. You know, and that, you know, flawless doesn't mean unbeatable. But so far, I just can't, I can't find a single thing I dislike about him. Uh, he's the best price, 11 to 1 to win the guineas. That's with Sport Nation, uh, 10 to 1 with real bookmakers. Uh, uh, so, look, these, they'll be daft the 10 to 1 bets tomorrow. Yeah, and I was just about to say, would you be up for taking 10 to 1 for 2,000 guineas? Because I think I would. Oh, yeah, I, I don't, I wouldn't put it, put anyone off. 
Although it's that sort of weird time of year where there are, you know, how much do we buy into that? We've seen the best of the two. So I guess so far, I know we'll, we'll touch on Thundermoon who won the Phoenix. Nothing has particularly taken my breath away. Chindy is really solid and really likeable, but... You feel I, like something could progress past him? Not progress past him, whether we've even seen seen one yet, whether we've seen the best. The horse that will end up being the best three-year-old next year, have we seen him yet? I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, this time last year, Jim, we hadn't seen world-class superstar Kinross. Yeah. So, you He's out tomorrow. Well, I will definitely touch on that then. Uh, you know, so we, we, you never know what's going to be thrown up in these, you know, late season new market maidens. Uh, at this stage, for all I like Chindit, you know, I'd be surprised if he ended up being a all-time legend. Yeah, so would I. <laughs> Which I don't think you'd have said about Pinatubo this time last year, you know what I mean? Mm. But he's ridiculously solid and he'll probably win the Dewhurst. Yeah, he should do. He's got on all form, he should do. I mean, his, rival, his biggest rivals are probably in Ireland at the minute. If you look at the Guineas betting for next season, Thunder Moon, Battleground, Cadillac, all right, Master of the Seas is over here. Lucky Vega, high definition. All Irish. There's not much in Britain. Etonian, um, Al Bashir, who chinned it beat at the weekend. Not loads. Not no, loads. No. Uh, Minzal's probably the only one for me, but he's full of speed. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm looking down the betting. Jim for Minzal. Uh, two in the guineas, and you are going. You I've are got 25s in front of me. Yeah, a fair way. A fair way. Uh, he looks like a speedy one for me, mate. Uh, anything else you want to mention from Donny? Um, Stone of Destiny was important, an important, impressive winner uh, of the Portland, and he he'll probably get a mention later on in the Ergo Cup. Um, you better believe it, winning the Flying Childers. What a performance that was uh, under Rowan Scott for Big Nigel Tinkler. Um, just got the better of Sacred. What a ride. Uh, what a performance. And I, you know, I think the whole of Greater Manchester heard me shouting him home. Um, and Spanish Mission won the Doncaster Cup impressively, but it was a mere race. But other than that, uh, quite a good Doncaster festival. Yeah. We love it. We love it. Uh, Leopardstown, Jim. So many. So many good races to... Uh, the Maiden Stakes was the first group on the weekend. We'll touch on that. Champers Elise, a group on for Johnny Murta, one of the most likable men in racing. And this is a really, really likable filly, getting the better of Peaceful and Fancy Blue. Uh, we were right that Peaceful would beat Fancy Blue, Jim. But we just didn't quite think that this hugely progressive filly from the Murta yard would be good in the first try over a mile. And she, she's really hard to knock, just properly likeable goes about her business and she's got a group one yeah tremendous starting off the season being rated 79 uh well starting off last season rated 79 uh and then progressing now to win a group one a superb training performance by johnny murta and this was an inch perfect ride by colin Keane. you've got to take my hat off to him they went a fair old clip and he held on to champelise towards the back 
And as soon as going to the straight, swung wide, got her rolling, and she's picked up peaceful, decisively in the end. And, and as you said, first start over a mile, and they were riding her as if she stays a mile all the time, flying down the outside. And um, a great, a great result to sort of kick off uh, Irish Champions Weekend. Um, peaceful ran better as we were expecting over a mile. Um, and Fancy Blue just was never really in the race over a mile, just far too quick for her. I, I've always been in the opinion she might want a mile and four, um, which sadly it wasn't to be for Fancy Blue. And Albina showed a little bit that was there, but nothing like last year's form. Yeah, Champs-Elysees, another one for trading standards. She's by Elzar, not Champs-Elysees. But we'll let her get away with it. Because just like Galileo Crow, she's really likeable. Uh, speaking of likeable fillies, Jim, I look, I know everyone loves a navel. I know everyone loves a navel. But I like magical more. Whoa, do you? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm bored of it. I've been, I find enable boring. God, people are slating me for that, aren't they? But look, she's. I, I, I love, enable is a world class racehorse. But I've just never had that sort of connection with her. You know, unable wins a race. I'm not particularly cheering her on, but as I am for magical, you know what I mean. I want magical to win. Uh, I just love her, mate. Uh, I can assure I, you, what, I wasn't cheering magical as I was watching my money drift away with Gay galloping backwards. No, but what I mean tactically, this race was fascinating. Probably the barring unable, the two best older mill distance horses in Europe. Yeah, definitely. Um, a, a, a tactical reverse from the Judmont and a reverse of the result of well so much to unpick here mate from a analytical point of view uh, tactics perfect from Jamie Heffernan and Coolmore. Uh just pressuring F just because we I I felt that tactics weren't as important to Gaff nowadays as they were in the past And I still don't think that he's necessarily a one-trick pony that needs an earlier lead. But when Gaeth can just bowl along out in front, he's kind of in his comfort zone and dictate. When Magical's just... They're just on his heels, just giving him a little bit to think about. That's the Even though Gaeth's in front, the race is then on Magical's terms. Do you know what I mean? Because mm. Gaeth is, is having to deal with... With magical, and she and she, we know she stays further. I know Gaff. I know won group ones over the uh, twelve furlongs, and I don't think he's the best stayer at the trip though. And turning to home straight, when magical was upside him, I always thought it just looked like she was going to get past him, and it was it was a brilliant ride by Heffernan. The Phillies, absolutely legendary. Time form have a run into 120 plus on 14 of the last 15 starts. That's unbelievable, isn't it? That is, that is unbelievable. And look, are they going to go for the yard again? Probably. Yeah, uh, I think that's obviously the most um, logical idea, isn't it? Um, did I read somewhere that she's unbeaten in Ireland in the last 
well, in her career, have I made that up? Um, no, she would beat at the current twice. But she has an outstanding record in Ireland, if you look at it. Um, winning group ones left, right and centre. She's an absolute tremendous mare. Um, I've got a question for you about Japan. Do you think the fact that they rode Japan slightly closer to the pace, just behind Magical and Gaia, do you reckon that scuppered his chances? I don't think it mattered what way they rode him. I think he finished further behind uh, than he would have done if he was ridden from the back. You look at the way Armory and Sotsas finished. Yes. If, if Japan was ridden the way they were, maybe he wouldn't have finished fifth. But I don't think it mattered because I think he was the fifth best horse in the race. Yeah, on the day, yeah. In gen- and in general, you know, I, I said last week, I like Armory more than Japan. Even though Japan's a dual group two winner, I'd rather have backed Armory. Uh, and I wasn't keen on Sotsas either. I thought I thought they were a rubbish group, group of three-year-olds last year. And they were flattered by finishing third and fourth in a woeful arc. And I, and, I mean, this result does nothing other than strengthen that feeling for me, to be fair. <laughs> Japan, Japan surely won't ever win another group. But, I mean, what do you do with him? Because he's such... They really need him to be a stallion prospect. I mean, he is going to be a stallion. But for what sort of horse? Is he a national... Is, is Japan going to end up being a national sire? That's a failure if he is. I'm sorry. I think that's what they've been trying to do this season. Get him a group... Another group. They one need to. Over a mile and two. They need to. But, mate, the only group one he's winning at this rate is Woodbine. You know... <laughs> He's a horse who I've, I I wasn't particularly a fan of. I've spoke before. I was surprised he was quick enough to win a Judmont. Uh, and then I, I liked his running the arc when I thought it was a good arc. And I, you know, at the start of the season, I said, I think Japan is this year's arc winner. But the more and more bits of hindsight I've got and the more and more pieces of recent evidence, I just think everything points to really him being a... F- at Group 1 level, a generally mediocre horse who won two fairly mediocre Group 1s. Uh, they're going to have to try something with him. You, uh, he's going for the champ, the arc next, isn't he? And Yutakataki's you coming. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, it'll get publicity. <laughs> that's That's about it. Yeah, no, no. Magical is a legend. Gayaf, I mean, he's still the one to beat in the champion stakes. He's been, he's still ran a good race, being done by a by a filly ridden in the perfect manner to get him beat, and a filly who really at not at her best because I do think Gayaf's ceiling of ability is higher than Magical's. You know, nothing, Magical won't never produce the level of destruction that Gaff can. But he's been done fair and square on the day or not by a horse who is only two to three pounds worse off than him. You know, probably two to three pounds worse than him, even with her allowance. And when the tactics suit her better, that's enough to make up for it. Uh you run the Irish Champion Stakes again tomorrow. I think Magical wins it again. Ooh, interesting. Um, I think 
Do you think Gareth had a long season for a gay half season? And I know that apparently he takes his racing a lot better than what he used to. But he's had a hell of a lot of runs in a short amount of time. Maybe that was just the boiling pot. Maybe they should have just left him out uh, of that Irish champion and gone for the champion stakes. Uh, I I think, uh, looking back at it now, um, 10 out of 10 for bringing him over to Leopardstown to give him a go. But I think it was just one... I think it were a bit greedy, if I'm going to be honest. They they know that he's been a fragile horse in the past and he's been campaigned rigorously this season. And I think that maybe they just saw the prize money and thought, let's go for that. And I know that's not something Godolphin need to do because of multi-million pound corporation. Um, But I think I would have just saved him for, for Champions Day. But that's just my opinion and... 10 out of 10 for Magical for, for winning the champion sticks. I'd be inclined to say Charlie Appleby knows what he's doing with the horse and knows his constitution. Uh, so I I'd, I wouldn't... I, f- I think the end of a long season, but surely they want to run him if you're all right. I don't think it was a financial decision. A sporting one. It's a sporting one. You want to win it races. It was a sporting, yeah. A sporting decision. They want to win races. Uh, and look, Gaff, you know, on paper, is the one we've all got to beat in the champion sticks. Uh, I like Armoury. I've liked him all year. I think he's probably the most underrated horse in Aidan O'Brien's yard. I think he's capable of winning weak group ones. You know, a normal Tattersall's Gold Cup that Aidan O'Brien can run, you know, <laughs> without magical, but A, you know, when like Windsor Palace was running it up against St Nicholas Abbey and then won 66-1 outside of from Dermot Weld. Get Armory a group run by letting him win that. Uh, and again, Sotsas, I just think the French are generally quite mediocre at the minute. He's one of their better ones, but again, I'd be shocked if he was able to win a group one over here. Uh, the other group races on the Saturday, Cadillac, we mentioned in the betting for the Guinness, uh, he is a best price of 14 to 1 after beating Van Gogh to win the. Uh, champion juvenile stakes and I know that's not how you properly pronounce Van Gogh but I can't do a Dutch accent so we'll move on uh, speaking of horses though who really really want to win group ones I might cry if Safe Warriors gets one. Oh, oh, it'd be superb wouldn't it I've, Jim I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say because we're not, we're not we've not spoke about our award show yet I am gonna vote for Safe Warriors to win Turf Top Horse of the Year He's, he's up there, isn't he? What a don. What an absolute don. And what a ride from Colin Keane as well. How did he get up to beat Cinnamon? And it was a short head as well, rather than over. Every camera angle looked like Cinnamon had held on under Ronan Whelan. But no, John Quinsauce, game, tough, and better than ever at the age of seven. Uh, QE2, are they going 4A next or QE2? Or both? No, they, they said it's going to be Foray or QE2 and then Breeders' Cup. Oh, we love that. Say Foyage on QE on Breeders' Cup night. Oh, that'd be superb. That's going to be well excited. Oh, God, that'd be class, wouldn't it? Mate, there's got, we are going to be decking, decking the house in maroon colours. I'm going to, I remember seeing Ross Harmon once when Al Astronauti won the first sprint uh, at, at the, I think it was the E-Bar Festival, in Donina. A safe voyage coloured suit. You know, like the ones that run in his colours. We might all have to buy one of them suits. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, any group one, but especially the Breeders' Cup. I would love it. I would love it so much if Safeways went over there and smashed up the Americans. Uh, yeah, Safeways fan club army rolls on. And Tiger Moff, who is also off to, off to Australia, uh, got the job done in the, uh, is it 2021 yet, stakes. Uh, I don't tend to like sponsored names, uh, and that's no exception. Let, 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 let's win in a group race sound prestigious, not like a corporate internet joke. Uh, he back, won back Tiger Moth for the Melbourne Cup now because I, I can see price jumbling. He's about 16s or 14s around that price. I think he'll go off a lot shorter, so say that now. Yeah, good horse. Uh, we like that. Sunday at the Curra Gym, uh, two year olds. Thunder Moon winning the national stakes. Really impressive. Very little went right for him in the race. Still good enough and only his second start to win for Declan McDonough and Joseph O'Brien uh, in the colours of Chantal, uh, whose surname I can never remember. It's too complicated. Uh, beating Wembley and St Mark's Basilica uh, for Aiden, Master of the Season, Lucky Vega. Would you say disappointing in fourth and fifth? What did I, I say look, from this? I think Lucky Vega was slightly unlucky. Um, I think Lucky Vega is the best horse in this race. Um, and that's taking nothing away from Thunder Moon, because I, I thought Thunder Moon, a lot went wrong for him as well. Um, but Lucky Vega never really got any running room at all. And when he did and got out, he absolutely rifled home. Um I mean, you're looking, Thunder Moon's in sort of the same position as, as, as Lucky Vega, but just slightly gives him a, a knock a little bit. Um, it was a good ride by Declan McDonough um, to get him home. And, and Wembley flashed home on the outside, looking like next season, stepping up and trip could be right up his bag. He sent Mark Basilica's run, a rock-solid race, and Master of the Seas, I'd say, I'd probably say was slightly disappointing. Um I would have liked to have finished, seen him finish more up there. I know, I know he wasn't beaten too far in the about two and a half lengths, but I would quite like to have seen him being beaten a short head or half a length at the maximum. Um, and I can give excuses for Lucky Vega. I think if they run this race again, there'd be a different result. And I do think it it would be Lucky Vega. Uh, although, although Thunder Moon won it well um, and has improved on his debut performance, I still feel like there's a little bit more um, to come from Lucky Vega. Yeah, that's fair enough, though. You've got to mark up Thunder Moon here, given how little went right for him in the race. And he's an experience. Uh, really, really decent performance from him. Uh, and he's generally favourite for next season's Guineas. Now, uh, the Phillies, Jim, it's now 2-1 to Shale. In the little series between her and Pretty Jut Gorgeous taking the Moigler stakes. I mean, at the prices, mate. Potentially went off overpriced at 9-2, to two, given that Pretty Gorgeous went off 11-10. to 10. In hindsight, you know, give, and, and always said on the podcast, the most recent one was, was most relevant and therefore Pretty Gorgeous deserved to be fav. Maybe, maybe looking... In retrospect, the disparity in price should have been a little bit too much of a carrot. Because in reality here, she's done this quite assertively. 
Yeah, and if I was to tell you that I got 11-2 to two on Sunday, you'd have been spitting feathers. Um, I, I, would, I was of the opinion that she, the last time the ground beat Shale, I, th- I thought she didn't cope on it as well as Pretty Gorgeous did. And that's shown again here that they've returned to better ground and, and she's managed to use more of a speed to, to her advantage, whereas I think Pretty Gorgeous is a bit more of a grinder. Um, Ryan Moore gave this shale an excellent ride, I thought. There's been a lot of criticism of Ryan Moore in the past couple of seasons, but I thought this was one of his best rides of the season. Um, he was in the right position all the way, and, and he knew that it was almost a catch-me-if-you-can from two furlongs out. And uh, was briefly headed, but carried on finding more. And uh, so strong in the finish, Ryan Moore was. Uh, I, I was waxing lyrical of him after the race, and uh, cracking performance by Shale. Uh, uh, Shale, yeah, and pretty gorgeous. Pretty gorgeous ran all right. I, I, I do think, like I said, she's a bit more of a grinder, and I think going on softer ground that's more up her street. Uh, I think them two at the top of the 1,000 guineas market would be fair enough prices. Um, what price is Shale? Do you have any prices up at the minute, Lee? I do, mate. Uh, best price, 12 to 1 favourite to win the guinea. Shortest, 8, but 12 is a general price and the best price. 14's pretty gorgeous. 16's Indigo Girl. Then you're getting 25's and bigger the remainder, the likes of Dan Dalla, Campanelli, Zabiel Queen, Fevrova. You said back for the guineas about two months ago. It's still a best. It's still a best price, thirty-three to one. You can still get on that, uh, which is the same price as Fly Miss Helen with three bookmakers. So sort yourselves out there, lads. Uh, yeah, Bet Victor, Unibet, and Betway. You all need the slap. Twelves uh, is. I mean, it's fair to say that on general form, she's been the best two-year-old filly this season. Yeah, twelves is fair. Um, but I do think ground's a big key to her, and that's something I won't be willing to think about until the week before, so until I know some form of weather forecast for her. Um, I'd probably be wanting... I'd still be on board Clever Over at 33s. I still think that's a cracking price. Um, Indigo Girl was impressive at Donny last week. Dan Dallow, I think... I'm of the opinion that Dan Dalla might just be a two-year-old, and I don't want that to happen because I quite like it to kick on as a three-year-old. Um, Happy Romance, I think, will be good, but not quite good enough. The Bill Queen, meh. Campanelle has been impressive, but I, I, I'm not entirely sure that Amal would be up to her keeping. And you look down and you've got Snow Lantern and Sacred, and they're horses who I'm not scared of. Uh, but Fevrova's fairly rock solid, and I, I still think it's quite a bet at 33. Yeah, it's not. A, I I look at that and that's one that stands out to me as being currently overpriced. If I'm honest, pal, uh, you're not wrong there. The Irish Ledger was one for the second year running by Searcher and Song. Seven to one was a gift in hindsight, given that she'd been running over the wrong trip all season. Was the only one in this who'd shown previous good Group One form at the trip, so allowing her to go off seven to one, especially when Twilight Payment who Really, at her best, she's better than. Went off nine to two. I did have a, I had a free bet left over, and I was tossing up between whether to put it on search for a song or English King. Uh, yeah, that went well. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, can't complain. Great ride from Machine Order as well. 
uh, and good for giving uh, the sad passing of Pat Smullen this week, which we're going to talk about in a bit, some of our favourite memories of, of Pat, but for Moigle, I stood and Dermot Weld, for whom Pat had such a great career with, really, to get a group one on such an important weekend, and what really was Pat's day last year. Uh, the Flying Five was won by Glass Slippers, uh, beating fellow Phillies, Keith Busy and Sinele, who was finishing fast at the finish. We, we spoke about the drop-down in trip. Would that suit her? Ran really well for her on her first start over the minimum distance. But back to the Abbey for Glass Slippers, Jim. Looks a really, really sensible proposition. Yeah, um, a horse that I've always, since the debut, I've had a lot of time for. Um, and I, I think that doesn't quite get the credit she's deserved this season. All a bit, she was dis- probably disappointing on a return, but she's never run too well on a debut prior to that. But a good second to Batashin and a cracking performance in this flying five. Uh, ground it out well, I think. The return to softer ground, which was more, which will be more than likely on Arc Day, uh, will suit for Glass Slippers in the, in the Abbey. And I think she's she's rock solid. If if Batash turns up, um, you'd be slightly worried that he'd be getting he'd be better than her. Um, but another perform, cracking performance. Great to see. Tom Eves back in the winners' enclosure, winning Group Ones. Keep Busy's run a cracker in the new colours uh, of Mrs. Magnia. Uh, it might be Mrs. Taylor. I can't quite remember. Um, who also won for Dana Bruce uh, Blue, so her, her breeding shed's going to be quite good in, in the upcoming years. Keep Busy's run a cracker. Made of in, made in India's run a cracker. Um, slightly dis- well, very disappointing from Al Ali. That, that's twice we've seen him underperform at, at the top level, and. Other than that, good on glass slippers. Let's let's keep going and see where where it ends for this season. Yeah, elsewhere on that on the Sunday at the Cunner, Kay and Pepper got her first win in the season. Second on all starts prior to that, but she finally took the Blanford Stakes. Second disappointment in a row really from Magic Wando. She was a f- super consistent last season, but maybe she's been she's been a very very busy girl these last two years. Maybe. Her peak is a little bit behind in our days. And Sonny Boy Liston. Time form now have him. Bang up there with the top three-year-old Colts after he won the uh, Northfields handicap off 99 to complete a brilliant weekend for Johnny Murta. That was his third win of the season. Interesting to see where they go with him next. It's got to be into black-type company. Uh, France, Jim. Parry Longchamp, the two group ones. Uh that we'll discuss. Uh, the Grand Prix de Paris. And well, I mean, we do have a giggle about him, but Big Fat Mogul <laughs> has produced probably two of the best three middle distance performances for courts this season. And if I'm to talk about my hypothetical September derby, this horse goes off fav. And is the right favourite. Yeah, definitely. Outstanding performance. Fascinating race to analyse. Jamie Lynch took you through it on uh, Sky Sports Racing and did a superb analysis on the race about the tempo that Noble Prize went off and the horse to take out the race is Serpentine. But you can't take anything away from Mogul winning this. And a superb ride by PCB. Um, just got the gaps. That's a jockey that knows Parry Longshot like the back of his hand. He managed to just sneak up the inside and just angle his way out 
and it's moguls. Like oh so yes. You could have one horse to ride in the, if you had one if you could have one jockey to ride you in the arc. Surely, you'd, surely you'd pick Budo. Oh, definitely. Um, he's riding at the peak of his power at the minute, and ten out of ten performance on Mogul. As much as I slag him off and saying he's a bit fast, he, it turns out he's fairly decent. Um, um, he, he's he's a fascinating horse. I cannot get my head round at all. But I tell you what, never question the genius of Aidan O'Brien. Um, Serpentine was up on the pace. Well, was close to the pace of Mogul. Um, you can see he was just kicking in a bit late. I think I think they ran the race for Mogul to win rather than winning the race for Serpentine to win. Um, not saying that they, they will have done that on purpose, but the race has suited Mogul more than Serpentine. Um, and the other horses in behind... I tell you what, Port Guillaume was very disappointing for Jean-Claude Rouget. And, That's the worst French pronunciation you've ever come out with. What did they call him, Park Galime? Guillaume. Yeah, whatever. Um, and English King has been disappointing once again, and it's time to brush him aside, Ed Walker, and say he's not that good. Well, he's not as good. He's good, but he's not quite Carly. Um, and <laughs> Highland Chiefs run all right. Uh, you see, I thought, I thought for a... I don't think English King was as bad as people have made him out to be. People want to slag a horse off when they get a bit of hype around him. Uh, as we kind of have done. Well, we've not slagged off Mogul, but we just... We over-exaggerate his barrel-shapedness. His fatness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and... Um, English King is a sort of also I can see winning cup races next year. I've not given up on him fully. Oh, I have. Off the cliff. Serpentine, I think this has enhanced his reputation rather than dented it. The derby was such a... Well, in terms of form analysis terms, it may as well not have happened. It was so hard to read into the performances of anything other than the winner, really, without knowing what he beat. He, therefore, becomes a hard horse to analyse himself. Uh this is a good indicator of what he's capable of, and he can mix it in group company. Can mix it at the top level. Came out of the race, I think. We've I hold holding him in higher regard than I did going into it. Although again, we did our derby review podcast with Matt Rennie, who's got on at the racing post this week. Well done, Matt, top man. Uh, and I think you and Matt both said you thought he was going to win another group on this season. I went against you and said no. I stand by that. I'd be surprised if he won a Nova Group one in his life, if I'm honest. Uh, Mogul, though. I mean, I'd, I'd be fascinated to see how he gets on against his elders. Because he's he's shown quite a decent turn of foot, really, at Longchamp. Looked a little bit more like a grinder at the Gordon Stakes. <laughs> but then I've got him, you know, you, you're getting in your head, but then how come... Pile Driver and Highland Chief have been able to finish ahead of him in the Voltager. How come Berkshire Rocco has almost finished ahead of him in the Voltager? You know, is he that much superior or are these just a group of horses who are all rated around 115, 116 and, you know, two pounds either side of it will be enough to win group ones on separate occasions? 
I don't know. I don't really know what I make of these three-year-old Colts. In a rematch between Mogul and Pile Driver on a mile over a mile and a half at York, who would you be with? Pile Driver. I think I'd be the same. I think I'd be the same. What would you price Mogul up for the arc? Oh, good price. Good, good question. Sixteens. Uh, Sixteens. That's interesting. I am going to have a look now, mate, and see whether I see whether there is a price up for him. Oh, it'll be on the international racing, which I can't be asked finding. Well, I can. On oh, bet three six five, Morgul is forties. He's a shorter price than Gay. He's the same price as Gayar. Well, Gayar won't win it. It's not his trip. But, but there's only one winner of the arc, and it's love. Don't know. The one, the one at the prices for me, the one at the prices is the he's as much as I've been saying the French horses are all bad. Uh, Rabiha at sixteen to one is a really decent bet. Doing the art, given how unexposed she is. Uh, speaking of Phillies, Tanawa won the Priva May turning over Rabiha. Uh, I'd, I'm happy enough, mate. to... Not overlooked that, but I liked her now. She won on Irish Champions Weekend last year. Probably we didn't quite see the best of her at Ascot after. Had an easy enough reappearance at Cork where she beat Kay and Pepper. And really, she's taken another step forward here. Yeah, very, very impressive uh, performance by Tanawa. And always had Rabia trying to claw at her heels behind and never really got anywhere close. Um Good run by Dame Malio as well, uh, in behind in third. Um, but Tanawa always finding more in the, another career best. She's still on the improving. She'll be fascinating, wondering where they're going to go next. You'd, you'd think that they'd be going uh, back to Longchamp, wouldn't you? I mean, potentially, she's a best price of 20s, which is same, really, as Rabiha, to win the art. I'm just not sure, because he went to Champions Day last season, whether... That'll be the route again. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be logical, wouldn't it? It will be, it will be. Interesting, though, good performance. And I'm really happy to see AVD get his head in front as well. Who I, I genuinely feel, feel has been one of the most unfairly disrespected horses over the past year. You know, people say, you know, what crap derby. Aidan O'Brien, uh, sorry, I was going to say Aidan O'Brien's a crap derby winner. Anthony Van Dyke is a crap derby winner. He's not. He's a up to standard derby winner who was the best of a fairly poor bunch of free, uh, middle distance three year old Colts. Ran well in the Coronation Cup. Things didn't go to plan in the Hardwick. The circumstances of that race really uh, culminated against him. And in the circumstances, he shaped a little bit better than the results suggested. And he was entitled to go and win this, especially against Stradivarius who went off on odds on Fav. I mean, they should... AVD is going down under, so the various runs in the arc again. I, won't, I wouldn't have ruled out AVD finishing in the three in the arc, whereas no. I wouldn't have various. It's a shame. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, did you did you see the, the sectionals? that They ran the last two furlongs of the five quicker than the Prix de Pan uh, with Earthlight. That's mental. 
Yeah, but it's especially to say that, looking at this, I mean, the field were all horses who wanted 12 as a minimum. Yeah, and, and to say that Stradivarius only got beat a short head in that, I'm not saying that it was it was disrespectful towards people. People were being disrespectful towards Stradivarius. I'm at that run-up in that, my opinion, after after finding that out. He's done tremendously well to to say they've sprinted home. Frankie's not been overly hard on Stradivarius. If he wanted to win, he probably could have. Um, cracking performance by Anthony Van Dijk. The race suited him a lot more. Uh, and he's confirmed the placings of, of the Coronation Cup early on in the season, all a bit it being from different distances. Um, looking forward to seeing Anthony Van Dyke down south, down south, <laughs> down under, uh, and looking forward to seeing Stradivarius back at the arc to, to see if he can sort of go out in a blaze of glory. Yeah, Jim Watson there looking forward to Anthony Van Dyke's uh, entry at Goodwood next Wednesday uh, at Bath. <laughs> Uh, anything else from last weekend, pal? I think we've covered nigh on, nigh on everything. Anything from Jumper's Corner? Uh, no, there was a good handicap chase that beat the judge one. Uh, that was probably the highlight of the, the National Hunt season so far. Heaven help us, who was seventh in the Supreme last year, got beat at Sligo on Monday on her first start over fences. I was a little bit disappointing. Get uh, jump. I mean, what do you do with him now? What do you do? <laughs> I said what that do, as a joke. What do you do with him? He's, he's in, become very, very hard to place. Uh, and Listowel's Harvest Festival starts next week. Uh, good horses entered on Sunday. Peregrine runs out. Well, entered. We don't have final decks, but he's in, up there. Likes of Robin de Foray, uh, Jingle. That was a decent race on the Sunday. And does he not culminate in the Kerry National? I think so. Happy days then. Big staying handicap chasers. Barney Roy won a group one over a mile and a half, which finally we got round to after a while of trying. I was never convinced by him over over 12 furlongs, to be fair. But he doesn't really, I mean, he's gelded now. So they can try as much, try as hard as they like with him. They can they can experiment really with him, and they've finally got the got the race. They've been after they've been going to Germany for a while with him now, haven't they? Uh, he took that communicating second after his longest absence of the season of fifteen days as well. So well done to our mate. Good effort from him. One day communicate will win a group one, and it'll be brilliant. <laughs> one day, and we'll have a party. Woodbine. Yeah, get him lined up, Mark. Take him to Canada. We'd love that. We would love that. Uh, this weekend, pal, Air, the Air Gold Cup. We'll talk about that after we discuss uh, probably the highest class race of the of the day at Air is the Doonside Cup. It's a listed race and they bet best prices. 11, uh, 7 to 4 for a day, 3 to 1 Fox Chairman, 92 Lords Litters, 9 to Yukon Glen, 10 San Donato. 20s, what's the story? And 40s, Dalgano. Good races, Jim. I think 7 to 4 for a day is very, very decent value. Yeah, I, I think it, it's tremendous. And, and I was probably even going to put him up as nap, nap material. We've seen what he's been doing down under, um, winning Group 1s left, right and centre. His second in the Prince of Wales was a solid enough performance. 
being beaten by Lord North. Uh, Barney Roy, we've talked about, about that form up, and I, th- I think probably I'd mark a day, but for that, he's improved quite clearly since going to Australia. Um, he's got the best form in this race. He's into a listed race here. He has to carry a seven-pound penalty, like. But I think it's I think it's he, he comfortably win this on ratings. He's eight pound above him, uh, and he's only got to carry a seven-pound penalty. So technically, on ratings, it means he should win by half a length. Um, I, I think a cracking chance, and I do think it's seven to four, six to four all round. I think take it now because it'll only shorten. Fox Chairman. I'm going to say he's ungenuine. Um, he doesn't want to win a race. He doesn't want to put his head down. He looks like the winner. He gets to the front, and then he never finds as much. I thought that, that clarified it perfectly for me in the Winter Hill last time. So I can't be backing Fox Chairman at all in this. I don't think he's got a single chance. Um, I, I'm happily watching for his second. Lord Glitters, probably a, his best opportunity was last time in the Strength Hall, uh, and he just wasn't good enough. Um, so I think his... Better days are behind him. Euclid Glenn won the Old Borough Cup last time. Well, impressively enough to say it was a, a busy, hot handicap, and um, he's been found out at this level before. Can't be can't be fancying him. San Donato on his uh, Len- uh, on his Sussex performance, you'd mark him up for. But then prior to that, he was disappointing in the City of York. Um, and then the other two aren't got no chance. So I think Dave's rock solid. Yeah, there's not much else I can add to that really. I think Dave's a very, very good bet at seven to four to win this. Fox Chairman is a horse I strolled to get a grasp on. Don't know what he is. Don't know how much you. I think he's a a, a bridle horse. Uh, not really sure what his trip is. He he travels. So well, and then when they ask him, he looks he looks like he goes out like a light. <laughs> Not a horse I'd be wanting to back at seven to four. Lord Blitters is likable. Hasn't been running badly this season either. To be fair to him, uh, I'd kind of written him, written him off and thought he was a bit past it, especially going into the start of the season. But he's proved me wrong. Not yet got his head in front, but three very solid runs at Ascot and then the last twice at York. This is within his remit. And if a Dave doesn't win, I think it'll be Lord Glitters. You uh, can Glenn's, again, super likeable for Jim Goldie. Probably needs a career best. I mean, and if Sam Donato can bounce back 10 to 1, he's a very fair price. He was the first ever double nap for us, wasn't he, Jim? We both napped him to win the City of York Stakes and he finished dead last. <laughs> Which Classic. Many, if, if we want to sum up turf talk in a sentence... Uh, it's probably that. Uh, but being a Lope de Vega, he's worth trying over this trip. And that tends you, if you look, a, a, a revert to form and see him second best in this race. Mm-hmm. But I think a mile and two, for me, is not the idea to be going for it. I think it's worth a crack. It's worth a crack, down, but I don't think drop, it down the trip ended up being an issue last time. Yeah. I think over any trip he did. He wouldn't have ran well that day. It was too bad to be true. But if if you want an angle, that's it. If you yeah. want a potential value angle, it's well, Sandinato is on form, the second best in this race, and trying a new trip, 10 to 1 is a fair value. He's definitely better than Eugen Glenn. 
Yeah, definitely. So, that'd be it, but I, I think Adabe's a very solid favourite and he should win. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's got a rock-solid chance and probably one of the best bets of the weekend. Love that. You really like the Firth of Clyde, mate, the 3 or 5 the Group 3 for Phillies over six furlongs, which Uncoulthorn is a best price 2-1 to one, Fab 4. 10s, Ilicato, Scarlet Bear, She's So Nice. 12s, Lullaby Moon, Mamba Wamba and Red Fascinator. 14 to 1 bar then. Who are you leaning towards this then, mate? You've been excited about this race. Yeah, I, I, it's a race I, I tend to enjoy, and I, I, I think the form normally stacks up in it more than what people give it the respect for. And uh, Uncle Thumb's obviously the most logical pick. Uh, green as grass on debut at first. Uh, beating Digital, who's backed up the form since he, he's rated 83 and he ran well over an inadequate distance in, in a two-year-old uh, race the other the other day uh, at Doncaster. Um, and he's third in the Lowther, uh, hurled third in the Lowther, sorry, do excuse me. Um, just didn't, again, slowly into stride, not really knowing what's going on. Um, and she's picked up well in the end and and flown home, and um, I, I think she's the, the she's the obvious logical winner of this. But I've just got a feeling that um, everyone it, she'll be everyone's fancy, and I'm just trying to get a beat. Maybe I'm expecting to have progressed from a run in the lava, um, but what happens if she hasn't? Um, and maybe she might still be as green uh, as what she's showed. And the two the two at prices that I've landed on is an even more uh, green individual than Uncle Thumb. He's Satanti Girl. Um, I know the race at Ripon last time was a bit of a mare race. Charlie Fellows has been beaten multiple times off, off a market of 74. But she did win that well in the end. Um, they went a fair gallop up front um, with... Uh, Conspiracy and Charlie Fellows um, Bumblebee was also fairly close to the pace but Satanti Girl absolutely flew home and it's very rare that you see that happen at Ripon um, normally the horses on the front end normally are, are, are hard to peg back but maybe there was a pace meltdown but I think given a given a trainer she's been forgiven in the betting for this out to 25s I think that's a slightly unfair uh, analysis on on her performance because I do think she's better than a few that are at, at shorter prices in this, uh, given what she's shown on a on a debut. Um, and my other one is a horse that I mentioned fairly early on as a two year old, uh, having won at Chelmsford in only a three runner race. But the form of that has worked out fairly well. His concessions, um, I think, stepping up to seven the last two times hasn't ex- necessarily been in her favour. And stepping her back down in trip to six will certainly suit her. Um, we saw on a second start, a finished second to timescale. I think she'd have finished a lot closer to her that day if timescale hadn't just cut across her and she took a false step. Uh, she was all at sea at Newmarket. I think the flatter air will suit. Um, I don't think um, seven furlongs was to her liking at all at Sandown. Uh, and she ran with credit at Doncaster the other day in what looks to be a fairly decent enough nursery. Um, she she does have to step up again, but I feel like there's a few in this that have that are a lot shorter prices that I wouldn't I wouldn't really put them as well as what maybe the handicapper or what 
the betting is put on us. Um, perfect times. I know she won last time at Kempton, but I think that was a weak, weak race. Um, and I, I don't think she, I don't want to be horrible about her, but I don't think she's the greatest. Red Fascinator, um, ran well in the conditions race. I thought the course and dif- distance win previous to that was, was a really good, uh, performance, course and distance, sorry, prior to the rip and run. Um, and I think she's probably not as good as, as, as what people have made out. And Scarlet Bear, although she was fifth in the Lalva uh, and ran a very good third in the Dick Pool, maybe it's sort of, she's looking slightly exposed, uh, having not got a head in front just yet. I think this, I would have quite liked to have seen her go to a, to a smaller maiden race and, and picked up a win first. Um, and I think she's a shortish enough price for me. But I, I think 25, 28 is about Satanti Girl and concessions. Um, I think Kung Kofum's rock solid. Uh, but I'm looking to just find a bit of value in this because I, I do think that as much as it is a good price about Kung Kofum, I'm looking to probably take her on because I feel like she's not answered all the questions just yet. Fair enough, mate. At the price, it's completely the right tactic to take, even though I think Uncle Thumb is likely his winner. Completely, given that he's 10 to 1 by her, the right the right way to be looking is to something at a bigger price to get a beat, given the disparity between her and the rest of the field. Uh, the Air Gold Cup, mate, always a puzzle. The one I liked was Kingsland, who's now fav for the Silver Cup. He's not quite got in. Uh, but the best price is for the big one itself 8-1 to one, Mr Lupton looking for a quick double after winning the big handicap at the Curragh on Sunday 9-1 to one, Naha 10 stone of destiny also looking for a quick big handicap double heat up the Portland 12 Staxton 14 for Bielsa Wise Council and Arecibo who will inevitably go off favourite uh, and 16-1 to one, another bar 18's bar then solve the puzzle pal Surely this is easy. <laughs> Arecibo is the kinrun of last season. Um, huh. It just goes off, goes off ridiculous prices every start. Um, Mr. Lupton, he does. But um, what did I read something different? William Carver takes five off him. That was the interesting thing, and he's had a wind operation. Um, that's interesting with Kinrun. He'll probably go and pop up here at thirty threes. <laughs> Uh, Mr Lupton you have to take to have the best chance in this um, Billy Garrity is a very very good £5 claimer and to, and to take £5 off it, off his back off an already well he, we saw last time he won off a rating of 100 at the current and he runs here off 98 um, and he's he's won off higher marks pre, prior to that um, he did run a bit of a shocker in this race last year but um, um he was ridden a bit closer to the pace last time uh, at the current. On he's, he's held well back, and uh, obviously being ridden to, to the towards the front of the field sort of helped him a, a bit more now. And uh, he's he's just been running in all these big field handicaps most of his career, and he knows his way around them. He's arguably my most likely winner. My question mark is the older horses don't tend to have a necessarily good record in this race in, in previous years. Um, that's my only negative. I, I wouldn't put you off backing Mr. Lupton. Uh, the only thing that I can is he's probably fit. He, he will go off favourite. And um, 
I, I don't really like backing favourites in field handicap, big field handicaps. Uh, Nahar, I'd put a line through his run last time in the Stewards Cup. I, I, I think the track wasn't again, wasn't really on his side. Going back to a flatter track, uh, sort of like Newbury that we saw last time, I thought that was a really good performance. Um, he, he's been dropped a pound, which I don't think's done any, any wrong. Uh, I think going back there uh, gives him a chance. It's done a destiny. Uh, he did win impressively in the Portland last time, but I, I quite like seeing him back it up again. And Staxton won, well, landed a great nap for me, and it's a great St. Wilfrid, a horse uh, who I strongly fancied. And um, he's gone up again in the weights. Well, he's up on, he's only up a pound. Um, but he, And he did beat uh, Mr. Lupton last time. Um, so I think he's a horse that you can't underestimate in this race. I think. I think the winner will come out the first four in the betting. I, I can't see anything lower down or even at a price that even interests me, apart from seeing Corapic run, uh, having been off since the 22nd of September 2017, which is a superb story, um, which I think that would raise the roof if there was a roof at, uh, or a crowd. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I, can't, I think the market's got this nigh on correct and if I had, if you had to push me to an order, I'd probably go Nahar, Staxton, Mr. Lupton, Tricast. There is only one man on the planet who will advise a Tricast in the Eagle Cup. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'll, I'll play any of them three in the in a in a combination Tricast. Uh, I like Staxton, and I think at the prices he might be the bet. Given that he's won off 99 before, he's won his last two starts and he's now only here off 89. Only issue is he's drawn smack bang in the middle in 15. Which is a, I, I, I don't, I'd rather him be on one side or the other rather than and have the mind made up. Although, is it is it too much of a disadvantage? I don't think so. I, I, I quite side, but then you're kind of left on a wing, aren't you? Yeah, I, I quite like you having can't that get choice. Um, you can sort of you can choose where the pace is or choose where you go. I, I think it's I don't think it's as much as a negative as maybe you do. Um, well, I, I'm not certain it'll be a negative. It's it's a I guess we see how the how things develop. The benefit of the Ale Cup is that we have the Bronze Cup and the Silver Cup, and we can see how the course is riding. We can see where the ground is, and we can see where the draw is, where we want, but. But being smack bang in the middle can sometimes be a disadvantage if you are left with no cover. You've got to you've got to almost miss the break a little bit to get any sort of towing if you're left on a wing. Saying that, Nahar's in 13, Mr Lupton's in 11. Most of the ones at the top of the betting are actually at a mile away from him. So it's 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 a minor 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 point, and it probably might not even be a point. Once we see how the bronze and silver cup run, but it's something I will just have a percentage in mind at the minute. But look, he's ridiculously well handicapped on what he's capable of. Impressive in the Great at Wilford last time. No reason why he wouldn't go well again here. Mr. Lupton won a Group Two last season, back to form last time out at the Curra, and again, you can see exactly why he's five. Same with Nahar, who you again. Nahar to me is a vibey horse and I get the impression the way the market always tends to support him in that the Haggis team fit may have a group class animal mm. a horse who's on his way to being group class uh, 
that to me though, I, I think leads to him always being a couple of points shorter than he should be. A bit of a blue mist. Yeah, exactly. Went off five for the silver walking him, or near enough at four to one. Won at six to four, obviously. He, he, he got the job done there. Went off freeze for the Stewards Cup, you know. The market support behind him that day. I know he's only 19, he'll probably be shorter. Because that's what happens to him. Uh, I, I, I like him least at the prices of the ones at the top of the betting. If I want to come up with a little bit of a swing, mate, it's going to be the horse who finished 14th last season and 20th the year before. Which is major jumbo. You love this horse. It's hard not to. It's the first yeah. time I've put him up this year. I know. I'm quite shocked, to be fair. His shite record at air is inexplicable. <laughs> and because it's inexplicable, I'm happy enough to put it down to coincidence. You know, there's no particular reason why major jumbos ran below form in the last two air gold cups. Uh, but he's got no issue with winning big sprint handicaps. We know that he took the one at York uh, back end of 2018. And generally, he's been performing at a higher level than this. You know, Megan Nichols takes off three, which means he comes, he runs off one or two in this. And his best form this season, second to judicial in the Queen's Three Stakes, you know, placed in the Palace House, placed in the Chip Chase Stakes, one or two is a very, very fair mark for a horse who's done that this this season. Look, his, his last two runs haven't been the best, well beaten in the Beverly Bullet and then well beaten in the Garaby Stakes. But the way the way these sprinters are at this sort of listed group three level slash top end handicappers is that we know they can run to a level and sometimes, you know, given the oftenness of their racing, is oftenness a word? Probably not. Uh, but given their the amount they, they turn up, an off day here and there is natural, really. If 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 you keep if you win the Queen's Three Stakes, the Beverly Bullet, and the Garaby Stakes, you're not running in them races because because you're in the Sprint Cup instead. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So off a mark of one or two. 25 to 1, there's daft or each way bets. That's a big horse, swing. For the horse who really, on, on their ability, on what we know about him, I'd say he's the best in this race. Certainly the strongest black type form this season. Off a mark he's capable of, I'm, I, I don't mind that at 25 to 1. There are, I have been. I have said things on this podcast. I've been a lot more unconvinced of this season. I'll tell you that now. Uh, but I think Staxton, Staxton, and Major Jumbo are my two. Um, and I'm gonna in one of the hardest handicaps of the season. Gonna go for a combination tricast of Nahar, Mister Lupton, and Staxton. What a lunatic! Uh, we'll just touch on Newbury, the Mill Reef Stakes. Good race this year, nine to four, five thousand to one, uh, eleven to four, River Master, eleven to two, Bahrain Pride, seven to one, Devil Waller, 
12's line of departure, 16's Alcumate and first edition, and 18 to 1 Cairn Gob. Really, really competitive renewal of the group two. Can any of these prove to be as good as Pierre Lapin? I was waiting for it. I was waiting for that slight dig. Um, I think this is a fascinating race, and I, th- I think it's it, it's jammed packed with horses that are full of absolute top pr- potential. Um, Five thousand to one looked um, looked the better horse of the two in that maiden at Windsor out of him and Barry and Pride. Just on the day, just didn't quite know his job as much. And uh, he won at, at Newcastle at the drop of a hat. He was very, very impressive. Uh, SDS didn't even touch him, really, and just let him gallop from the front. And he was on the bridle all the way and was quite clearly far superior. Um, you can understand why he's favourite uh, on that performance. Uh, but I do think that's slightly harsh on Barry and Pride. Um, there's a fairly big price disparity between the two at 9-4 to four and 11-2. to two. Um We've mentioned that Shale and Pretty Gorgeous, um, the difference between them, and, and I think that's a bit unfair that Bahrain Pride's going off 11 to 2 because he certainly did nothing wrong last time in the two year trophy. I thought it was difficult to do what he did from, from his draw at, 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 uh, at Ripon. He's drawn his star one out on the wing, uh, had to do a lot of his own running uh, with a lot of with horses that have fairly been consistent this season. International Dreams run well at the, in the Malcolm. Um, he got the better of him to to win the race in the end, um, and I I think eleven to two is a, a, a nice price about him. Rhythm Master looked an absolute superstar when uh, winning at Haydock. Had some good form with Solent Gateway early on from early season, and he absolutely smashed him up. Um, I think the ground just went against him in the morning, if I'm being honest, uh, and probably his inexperience. I, I, I thought uh, the softer ground didn't really suit him. Um, and they've improved a hell of a lot for that performance. I think he's probably the one who I'd have had favourite, which makes him eleven to four a decent a decent bet. Um, and then you took Devil Waller in there, who'd had a good second to Minzal in the gym crack, having won impressively on on debut at Haydock with the seconds coming out today and winning a nursery at Windsor. Um, and then that line of departure who's been progressing through nurseries and we saw him win the Weatherby's £200,000 two-year-old stakes race the other day, beating Yazaman, who'd uh, been bumping into tactical early season in, in big races, and Alchemate, who destroyed the field at Goodwood prior to that as well. So a fascinating race. If you were to push me to one at the minute, it'd probably be Rhythm Master, but the price is it'd be Bahrain Pride. Oh, I've, I'm thinking on very similar lines. I like River Master and he's he'd be one of my more confident selections this weekend. I'm surprised he's not Fav. Surely solid great group on form. And form that stacks up and makes sense is more relevant than an impressive novice victory. You'd think, wouldn't you? That's the way I see it. Uh, and therefore the fact that he's 100, uh, sorry, 11 to 4 makes him a very, very fair bet. I couldn't I couldn't find a flaw really in what he did in the morning. You know, think you can mount the performance up, and it was a strong race. The opposition is good, five thousand to one. You know, even though I've just said he shouldn't be five off the back of an impressive novice win, it was really impressive. Uh, I don't think we've got anywhere near his ceiling of ability. Barring pride, like you said, 
did him on debut and then went in again at the at the Ripon uh, Champion Two Year Old Trophy, which is a pretty solid race. International Dream is a fairly useful two year old yardstick. Devil Waller as well bumped into a good one in Minzar last time out. Like you said, in behind, we kind of thought the Jim Crack was a fairly decent race at the time. Uh, I know the form hasn't been held up to the greatest of forms. Maybe they'd like to have seen Mohawk King run better in the Flying Childers or uh, Mystery Smiles going in the Cyrenia. But that was a good run from Devil Waller and only his second start. And he's had to rule out here. And even going on, going the ones further down the betting line of his pouches on a uh, on a fourth timer. Alcumate was a good winner at Glorious Goodwood as well in a, of a traditionally strong maiden. And he bumped into some pretty decent ones, including Line of Departure. And Royal Scimitar went fourth on his debut at Newbury, 16-1. to 1. I think he's, he's underestimating him slightly. But I'm going to be with River Master here. I think he's got the best form in the race and he's overpriced. Yeah, I think I'll agree with you. I think River Master and Bahrain Pride will probably be my two players. But if you were to push me for a win, the most likely winner, I think it will be Riven Master. Uh, there's nothing else really worth talking about from Newby. The two other group threes, uh, the World Trophies of Five Furlong Sprint, Equilaterals, Fab for that. There's also the likes of Tis Marvellous, Lazuli in there, Ornate 22 to 1, which is too big a, ray, too big a prize for Ornate to in a group three over five furlongs, especially one that's looking fairly weak at this stage. And the Dubai Duty Free Legacy Cup. Uh, that's a four-runner group. Three over a mile and three. Extra elusive two to one. Alakam five to two. Does it in count with 11 to four? Gifts of gold eight to one. Who wins out of four in the race, Jim? Uh, I'm going to give Alakam one last kill. I can't believe I've just said that. That's the wrong move. Extra elusive should win that for me. Uh, on a completely different note. Very, very glad. It's got a different name than the Ark Trial. Although surely they'd come up with a better one than the Dubai Duty Free Legacy Cup Stakes. That's just the most generic, rubbish-sponsored, meaningless horse race name ever. Yeah, sounds it, doesn't it? <laughs> but it does still mean more than the Ark Trial. I mean, who can, who can remember the great runs in the Ark of the Corsican and Algometer? <laughs> it's to victory in this. Jesus Christ, you might as well have called it the Kim Muir trial. Uh, anything else this weekend, pal? Uh, not really that I know. There was one eye catcher, probably the most eye catching horse of this week, ran today at Nace in the 315, two year old called Alarm Call for your lines in the Khalid Abdullah Silks. He didn't even get it under pressure at any stage. The race fell over, couldn't get a gap, but he's one to look out for next time. Get him in your tracker because I think he's a serious animal. Yeah, fair enough, pal. Like Jim mentioned, Kim Ross's fav uh, for the listed race at Dubai on Friday afternoon. At Dubai? Got... Sorry, the Dubai. It's the thought spot to buy Dubai, isn't it? At Newbury. Uh, is three to one five. Although Dubai, the second five should beat him in my opinion. Uh, before we do our RTN episode, Jim, uh, we've got to talk about Pat Smullen and uh, just what a what a loss, what a what a brilliant rider, what a 
brilliant man he came across as. And it was just one of them pieces of news that you just kind of need to sit there for a bit and and recover from before you enter the world again, if that makes sense. You know, uh, obviously neither of us, neither of us knew Pat, but we both grew up watching him and it's been it's been a weird a weird few years I guess for for me as a racing as a racing man where the generation of seeing the generation of jockeys James and I have grown up with you know Barry retiring Ruby retiring you know not having them there in that way but for Pat to have to retire in the way he did and then for him to relapse this year when things were looking on the mend and for him to be lost in such a way, there's just no words, mate, really. It's, it was it's devastating, the, wasn't it? It's the most heartbreaking thing the sports had to, had to deal with uh, for a long time, really, in a... A genius, a, a genius in the saddle, really. Yeah, and it really showed sort of how much of a great man he was by the outpouring on social media that he saw for him. It was, it was, oh, it was heartwarming. And oh, it's, it, like you said, you had to take yourself out of the moment for about five, ten minutes to soak in the news because it was devastating. Um, for me, he's riding the. Pretty opera on cover, love stands out. Uh, he he rode them to sleep, uh, made all in that race, and and that uh, that ride for me sticks out as one of his best uh, that I can remember. And it sounds like he was he, as good as he was in the saddle. He was as he equally as a lovely man outside of the weighing room, and it's an absolutely devastating loss to the spot. Yeah, completely. My favourite passable moment. I mean, he's been the ride on short squeeze, which is uh, going around on Twitter at the minute, quite rightly. is one of the most exceptional rides I've ever seen, uh, getting him up just in the final strides after hold, after him being dropped out. Genius. I backed Hazard when he won the derby. And I was I really liked that horse, and I really liked Pat Smolin's association with him. I know that was... Um, uh, a huge day in Pat's career. I mean, obviously winning, winning the derbies, but he was a good derby winner and he was handled perfectly by Spullen, especially given that, you know, the day the day in the race, they weren't sure whether he was going to run because he'd, he'd, uh, he'd done something with a shoe, hadn't he? And he'd, uh, he was 50-50 to go. So to So to have the horse handled that considerately and having their fit on the day after a little bit of a scare pre-race and then to go over the derby was exceptional and he was a he was a good derby winner that followed up in the Irish derby an above average derby winner in my opinion probably the probably one of the better ones of the past decade uh, and it's yeah it's, it's just it's just gutting he's just gutting uh, uh you just said all commiserations really to if anyone's listening to this who knew Pat uh, and his or any of his family. It's 
he's just gutting really. Uh, nap time, mate. Yeah, um, I think my nap of the weekend will be at Air in the Doonside Cup. We'll go a dib. Um, my next best will be River Master in the Mill Reef. And my reserve will go concessions in, in the further glider, big old price. Oh, I'm napping River Master. Oh, well, at least we've, we, we've not double napped, so that's not a jinx. No, it's... Do you know what? It's, it's, it's probably closer to it being, though, mate, one where I'm struggling for other angles this week. I've gone through... I've even gone through my jumps cards... And there's nothing particularly standing out, other than maybe bit on the side in the novice hurdle at Newton Abbott on Saturday. The first race there, she's on a hat trick after getting the better of Miss Farage last time out uh, at Utopia. That's a tidy enough little novice hurdle. I quite like Ultimate Getaway in there as well for Fergal O'Brien, but I'd hope under a penalty, the Twiston Davis filly should have. Enough to get the better of her. Uh, she's out of Tara Rose, who wasn't a bad uh, hurdler herself back in the day. Was she? Uh, no. But away from that, again, I'm not... My reserve it won't be something I'm hugely enthusiastic about. Uh, smart champion's a slow horse, but he's capable of 90. And the Cesarovich trial is a race that can often, that more runners than not, end up with no chance. So at 5-1, to one, I don't think he's a poor bet to win the Cesarovich trial. Ocean Windows, a horse we both liked in bumpers last season, is fab for that. He's been he's had two runs on the flat this year. But Smart Champion stays forever uh, and has held his form in better racing than this. Matt 90 doesn't underestimate him. And he's a pretty solid bet at five to one to win the Cesarovich trial, so that'd be my reserve. Something I'm fairly enthusiastic about, I guess, rather than me just half-heartedly trying to put up major jumbo <laughs> as a, one of the best free bets of the weekend. Because I would definitely be lying, even though I think he'll go all right. Uh, we are recording our National Hunt season preview next week once the Kerry Nationals being on I think I can classic jump season time uh, I know it's a little bit earlier than anyone else but who cares we'll get it out there first <laughs> it's been a long old wait it's, it's the middle of September and you better guess the Nationals is back soon how have I I mean it's six months till Cheltenham uh, it would be today Champion Chase Day I think uh, so yeah why not and how long can we manage to spread a podcast out when the message is just Envoy Allen wins all? Uh, can't wait to see him back. He's the most exciting horse I think I've ever seen. Uh, looking forward to that. Looking forward to the rest of the flat season, though. Uh, thanks to Rating the Race for their support. Uh, bless up everyone for listening uh, and putting up with us. And <laughs> we'll see you again soon. See you all soon. Stay safe.